Uh, do you want to start it? Do you want me to start? You can't because I don't have nothing to say. Oh, you have nothing to start with? No. Okay, so I got this. It's not funny. I know you like funny stuff, but okay. I got nothing funny. Um, very impressed. You know how the last few, um, the last few times when, when we talk about whether or not kids can handle the information, you know how I'll always say like, I don't know if it's too much or I'm expecting too much or Are whatever. you talking here? Yeah, like when we're talking about information we're giving to kids, yeah. like whether or not they can actually digest the information, whether or not they know what we're talking about. Yeah. Are we giving them too much? Like, you know how I say that sometimes? Yeah, I'll but be like, give me one little tidbit. Like if I'm giving them, a, we're talking about, let's say, nutrition. And it's like, is it yep. too complicated? Okay. Or training, is it too complicated? Or yeah. are, is our expectation too high? Or when we're talking about, you know, being able to critically think and that kind of stuff, is it yep. too much? Are we expecting too much? Yeah. Um, I got some... This is gonna this is gonna kind of get right into our topic today, anyways. But so some of these kids that listen to our stuff are becoming members on the site now, and they're asking some good questions, man. Oh, I like that. Some good questions, okay. and it's this is the kind of thing that's giving me hope, where it, it makes me, it make it makes me hopeful because it's like we're not we're not drowning. It's not too much. Yep. They're able they're able to yep. understand what we're saying because they're yep. asking thoughtful questions question that we're going to we're going to start with a question today from a kid that's from Norway actually which yeah. is sick. <laughs> yeah. So we got a kid from Norway that wrote in. Really good question and we're going to get into that and I got another kid that was um writing in about asking about supplement stuff and just like thoughtful. Yeah. They're actually trying to sort through it saying like I did some research on my own. I tried to figure out what I should be having and whatever and I want to get your thoughts on it. And and this is this is something that I I say all the, the last few episodes, at least, we've been talking about it. I always say, like, I don't know if the expectation is too high because I'm starting to forget what it was like to be a kid. And I don't know if it's maybe beyond what they're actually capable of at their age. But then I read, you know, emails and questions that people send in like that. And it's like, freaking right, man. Like, that's just showing me, like, the kids kids got it. They got it in there. You know, you know? they got it. And the thing is, is if you throw enough mud on the wall, some of it sticks. Right. Uh, I've seen it with kids I've trained. I've seen it with my son. I've seen it with his, with his friends is, uh, yeah, they're not going to get everything. But if they hear something, um, some, it's got to pique their interest. Right. And if they're interested enough, it's it's going to stick. And they hear they hear it a few times, it's kind of start, sort of makes sense. And it, it, it is surprising because, um, remember, little things that, you know, Dalton would speak, Dalton Prout would speak to Charlie quite a bit. And, you know, he was, he, he was explaining, I think Zach was there at that time, but, Dalton puts it into a really good perspective, right? Like yeah. about coaching. He goes like, what you always want to remember, Charlie, is that you'd never ever take the tone out of someone's voice, like as a coach. So if a coach seems angry, you know, don't take the tone. Just listen to the message, right? If he tells you to skate hard in a nice way or tells you to skate hard in a really mean way, all he's saying is to skate hard. And I remember Charlie doing an interview and he'd been asked that several times about how, how do, what kind of coach would you like to play for? Do you like someone hard on you or do you like someone that's, you know, likes to teach and explain? And he goes, well, and he used those words that I go, I don't, I, I've learned to not take the tone. I've learned to take the message or little things like Dalton things that, you know, you think they were insignificant and he told them to, uh, to have a good career, always be good to the trainers and your staff. That's not, playing and coaching they may not seem like they're the most important or maybe not your your 
you're not under their thumb, like uh, they're not your authority necessarily, but be good to them because that's what makes the, makes everything click as a team. They're important to you, right? And uh, that's another thing in an interview. He said that, uh, I think it was Erie Otters were asking him about uh, one of the best things that uh, you've learned from Dalton. And he said, be good to your trainers. And they they really like that, right? Like, but but, and then it was fitness and it was food and it's like little little pieces and you're not going to learn everything all in one day. But yeah, the kids do learn, man. They do, and I've seen that with hockey. Like, remember, coach, you said this. Yep, I remember that. Good. I'm glad that you heard that. Like, it's it's impressive. I had um, a parent last night. Kids just made incredible gains since August. Incredible, like uh, really nice nice kid. Like to teach him, but real quiet. And uh, his dad came in after and said, I, I, I got to thank you. Like, he's done so much. But he goes, he always says, Coach Andy says this. Coach Andy says this. And he's dialed right in. And there's a quiet kid that where you think, I'm not sure if he's like he's listening, but I'm not sure if he gets it because they don't respond. But then he applies everything. And he practices the sh- some types of shooting that I teach him. Like, it sticks. Yeah. And uh, for sure, it can get complicated when you're teaching. Or when you're when you're expressing it, you think, ah, maybe it's a little bit much. But the, the kids that want it want it, yeah. and, and and they're going to try. And we've seen it with uh, you know our O five group. Uh, a lot of the kids that work out with you, like they they, it's good. Yeah, man, they're the, dialed in, man. It's yeah. super. It's really promising, and it makes me feel good about what we're doing because I feel like we're starting to. It's early on, obviously, still for us, but we're starting to tap into something. Like there's something going on with the kids, and it it makes me feel really good to do what we're doing because. Some of these questions I'm reading, it's like, man, you actually thought about this question. Yeah. You actually tried to do some research and figure it out, and you're asking me a specific thing that will help you. Yeah. And it's like, it's just awesome, man. So, yeah. especially for you guys that that are listening, like, especially now because the volume that we're getting in is still manageable. Like, we will answer your questions. So if you if yeah. you're if you're on if you come on and you send a, send us some questions. We'll actually answer you, yeah. and you can take real advantage of that when the volume is still ma- somewhat manageable for us right now. You know, yeah. so if that's something that you're interested in doing, go go to the to the website. Where sh- before we were just taking all the questions we can, but we can't take all of them now. So for the kids that are members, it's starting to turn into a little bit of a. I don't want to say it's like a personal coaching type thing, but it's almost kind of like personal yeah. coaching. Like people are just typing in their questions. You and I will talk about it yeah. or I'll give them an answer if it's something that I can handle on my own. And yeah. it's just, it's it's really helpful. And I'm really happy to to see that it's working out for, for some of these guys because it's, uh, it's something I wasn't really sure of, you know? Yeah. And well, and that's, we, we do try to hit, we try to make it so that if you're a coach listening, if you're a parent listening, if you're a player, hopefully it can hit all three yeah, so that you, when you might hear it from us and then if a parent hears maybe a, an answer or a suggestion they can maybe apply it or if a coach applies it then you know they're getting it in multiple different ways yeah you and, know? and another thing i was just thinking while you're uh while you were talking there this is another jordan peterson thing he was talking about when kids are learning language which i'm fascinated by kids when they are starting to learn how to speak english it's yeah. amazing that they can just figure out the rules of language yeah. without any yeah so he was talking about how as parents when you're first speaking to your kids and they're starting to learn the language you're always speaking a little bit above what they can understand and this is to your point of you know you just throw them out at the wall and some stuff starts to stick yeah and that's how kids learn language actually you're talking a little bit above what they can understand and they start to take pieces and then you start to talk a little bit 
in a little bit more complex way and they take more pieces and then all of a sudden they know the rules of the language yeah. without ever having learned them. Yeah. No one ever said, this is how you use past tense, present tense. Yeah. You know, and it's it's the same thing with this nutrition stuff. Charlie called me a couple of weeks ago to ask, or last week, asking about some nutrition stuff because he's starting to put some size on. And he was telling me, like, because he doesn't understand the concepts exactly how they work yet, yeah, but he yeah. has an idea to ask a good question. So yeah. he called me and he was like, hey, like, I'm, I'm putting on, I put on a, a couple pounds and I just want to make sure it's not a bad thing because, like, I'm still eating in a calorie deficit, but I'm putting on, <laughs> but, and that's the way that he phrased it. And yeah. I'm like, well, I was like, well, you can't be in a calorie deficit if you're putting weight on, bud. So like, and, yeah. but he's got some base to speak from yeah. when he's asking questions now too, yeah. right? So it's just, it's yeah. awesome. It's an awesome thing, man. So I wanted to leave with that because I'm, I'm really impressed and it's going to get into probably our first question here that, that somebody wrote in from, again, from Norway, which is crazy. Yeah. He found us from Norway. We've got people from all cool. over, man. I know. It's cool. It's amazing how many people start or are, are, are out there that I have no idea. Like I'm starting to get those uh, blank stares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I know you from somewhere. Yeah. 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 It's cool, man. Yeah. So over to you. Yeah. Well, the question was, I might butcher the question. And I, so I just shortened it. Okay. But, so this person from Norway plays hockey and he said he doesn't come from a hockey family and he wants to become better, but he doesn't know who to turn to. Like he's got his coach obviously and, and different things. But when I watch a hockey game, how, uh, how do I know? And that's a, that's a really good question because how do I know? And what do I look for to get better? Yeah. It's a really good question because like you if you're if you're just watching a hockey game then it it, it tends to lean into watching it like a fan like it, it's easy to do like yeah, I'll do that at, yeah I'll yeah. do that at uh, a lot of the times like you watch watch the game as a fan and you're going oh that was a nice play that was a nice hit or you know go go whoever go um so you're you're watching as a fan so you're not necessarily learning anything you don't necessarily see patterns. You don't really see uh, the game within the game and why someone is, is effective or maybe someone that's not standing, like isn't a superstar. Why is he on the ice so much? Or why, you know, why? Okay. So that's that's that. So one way to, uh, one way when I was thinking about that question is if you watch a game as a fan, you don't learn, but if you look, so, so what does a scout do? Because that's a very easy thing to do too. Like if you think about what a scout does, they go to a game and they're watching two teams and they're looking for some players, right? So like if you're scouting, if you're an OHL team or a college team scouting, like, I mean, there's so many people out there. Like how do you find the top 50? Like that's a, that's a tough task. Or if you're an NHL scout looking at um, in junior, well, now you've got there's only one age that is draft eligible. Well, not really. There's two two ages, but let's say mainly this year, the 04 uh, age group is the, the bulk of the draft. You get some 03s and, and an 02 here and there. Um, so how do you, like, so you go to a game and like, how do you do this, right? So you have to do something to to, to trim the fat and, and see what, see something, right? Or else you just be confused and you just be watching it like a, like a fan. So, a couple, of, a couple of scouts that I've talked to have some strategies because I was very interested. Like, and Dalton was one because he's a pro, uh, Dalton Prout is a uh, pro scout for uh, Florida now. So I said, how, how are you doing this? And, and TV now, like when COVID was hitting, like how do you do this? And he goes, well, a lot of times you don't watch a whole game. Sometimes you just might just take shifts of certain amount of players or you might just watch a period just to see some tendencies. Sometimes you might go to a game. I was talking to one scout, and he said uh, you might just go and watch a position. 
or you might only watch five players or two players or, uh, and stuff like that. So that what happens is you're not totally just watching every second of the game. You're just looking for like maybe you're just watching one team or whatever. So you're, you're watching and studying that team. So what that does is it trims it down so that you can actually make an analysis. Right. Right. Yeah. So uh, this helps them shrink the game down a little bit. So you can kind of do that as a player as well. So if you're watching it as a fan, you're just going to be kind of confused, right? You're going to see a guy with a puck, but you're not watching. Maybe if you're a right winger and you want to learn how to play like a right winger, if you're watching the or the, the TV's not on them or whatever, you could get mesmerized by everything else that's going on. So the first thing that I would do is try to shrink a game when you're watching it into a couple steps. And the first thing would be, and I think it's probably the most important thing, is what type of player do you think that you are? And you might be wrong, right? Wrong, right. Yeah. But you might be wrong. <laughs> yeah. But but that, nonetheless, nonetheless, doesn't make any difference. If you watch, a, um, let's just say you're a fast skating goal scorer, okay? That's what you think you are in at 14 or 16 or 19 or whatever. Um Okay, so find when you when you go to a game, find a player that that you think you've played like. Each team probably has one or two of those guys, but let's say you're a fast skating goal scoring centerman. All right, so that's a little bit different now than a, a goal scoring winger. So when you watch um, a, a player of of what you think is you're similar of, so watch what he does and evaluate what he does. So like watch what he does with the puck. Okay, so with the puck, you know, what, what, what do I do with it when I have the puck? Or what does this player do with it? What's his tendencies? Okay, so the tendency might be he, get, he, he seems to start low in his zone and his neutral zone speed is like really, really fast because that's, you know, that's what brings people out of their seats is that kind of like the rush of right. entering a zone. So, okay, so maybe that's a, that's a, a dot I can connect that I, that might be something if he does that consistently, <clears throat> that's something that I, I probably might need to work with. Um, Excuse me, one sec. I need a cigarette. <laughs> uh, where do they where do they take the puck? Right there's a, there's there's patterns, right? One of the terms I use all the time is success. Success leaves clues. So where do they take the puck? Do they take it wide? Do they cut inside the dots? Do they create plays from the middle of the ice? Do they take it deep? Do they do Gretzky curls? Do they hold up? Like okay, so that's a tendency. So if you're watching three, four, five rushes and similar patterns are happening. Okay, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. If you're watching a player that's putting up points and stuff like that. Um, where what do they do when they move the puck? Where do they go after that? Do they if they if they move the if they, they chip it out to the winger, do they kind of fall behind for maybe looking for a drop pass or letting him go deep? Or is he driving the net real hard or you know, is he going behind the net because behind the net creates a lot of space. So I'm not saying anything's good because there's systems within systems. But those are patterns. So if you see someone, okay, that that tends to be a pattern that you know a couple guys are doing. So maybe those are things that I should try to practice and emulate in a game. Why did he make that play? So there's, you're not necessarily going to understand that right away. But if you ask, start asking questions, why did it? So let's say he's got a really nice rush and he kicks it out to his forehand winger and then he drives the net. It's like, okay, why did he make that play? That's a good question. So I made that play probably because... It's trying to get the defenseman's feet to move, trying to create uh, confusion by going through the middle. These are questions that you can kind of ask, and you might be right, you might be wrong, but what you're doing is you're thinking. You're thinking about hockey. You're not just watching it. Yep. So that's really good. And then 
more importantly, because you don't have the puck all the time, is what do I do without the puck? So if I'm a fast, skilled, goal-scoring centerman, where do I go without the puck? So if it's in my zone, like what am I doing? Am I out high waiting for a opportunity to, for a loose puck, or am I coming down low to help my my D? And I'm, I'm like a defensive player. Well, you, you need to be doing that side, but what? why is he there, and, and where do they go without the puck? Uh, neutral zone, where is he going without the puck? And just kind of follow these guys and see where – how the game comes to them or how they make the game uh, happen. Yeah. Right. How they have success and then try to implement um, what you see and try to try pulling things from their game and keep watching them and, and you'll, you'll, um, you'll see tendencies yeah. and, and, and that's really um, important. The, the other thing, just, I'll, I'll just finish off a little bit. Yep. Another thing is, uh, watch what that particular team does. So that's why it's important to probably watch, have a, a few guys, that you feel like you play like, and because you could be playing like, for example, in uh, in the OHL, you have uh, teams like London and, and um, Saginaw that they're a real puck possession team, literally highly skilled puck position possession team. So rarely do you see the Saginaw Spirit dump a puck; like it's very, very rare. So if you take that and you use and you go against the Guelph Storm. Guelph Storm is a little bit, there's puck possession, but you'll see them dump that puck in a lot more. So that that quick, skating, skilled guy might have a different look yeah, to him. That's right. How does he fit in that system? Because, right. But that's a system thing, so you got to kind of understand that <clears throat> right. a little bit too. But as you watch the game, you'll, you'll as a, not as a fan, but as a, a, a student, then the puzzles kind of get put together and it, it makes itself kind of clear how things are happening. So yeah. that makes a little bit more sense, more sense. So, yeah. So I got a lot of on, on that. Okay. That was good. good. So, so the first thing I want to go, I just want to go back and cause you're saying watching like a fan. And I just want to talk about what that a little bit more specifically about what that means. Cause that's, if you don't, if you're not a hockey person, you might not understand what that means. So, and as kids, you might not know what that means. So when you're talking about watching as a fan, what that means specifically is you're basically just watching the puck. You're just watching the flow of where yeah. the puck goes, right? So, and and I'm not saying that every single time I watch a hockey game, I'm, I'm critically watching. Like sometimes I do just watch as a, a fan, wa- yeah. watch the flow of the, of the puck, where yeah. is the puck going, who has it, and your eyes are just fixated on where the puck goes. Yeah. That's watching as a fan. So when you're a player and you're trying to use watching hockey as a tool, then that's not using it as a tool because it's too fast and you'll get overwhelmed by how fast things are moving. You can't pick things out if you just watch the puck with no purpose behind it. So that was the first thing. That's the first difference when you're talking about watching as a fan versus watching um, as a player to use it as a tool to get better. So what you want to try to do when you're watching, which all those examples that you just gave are uh, just that they're examples of, of how to do this. You want to get as specific as you can with what you're watching for. So even if you're watching, let's say somebody takes your advice and they really like Connor McDavid and they go, okay, I'm just going to watch Connor McDavid. So no matter what happens, wherever the puck is, their eyes are just stuck on Connor McDavid. Well, that's better than just watching only the puck, but it's still hard to pull things out of what he's doing in his game if you don't have an intention behind watching him. So if you're just blankly watching him and you're not asking the question of what's he doing in the D zone, what's he doing in the O zone, or what does he have when he, or what is he doing when he has the puck? then you're still going to, it's still too fast. It's too much. You can't, you need to have a specific question you're trying to answer when you're watching. So that's another, another 
uh, differentiation I wanted to make. So if you're going to watch, try to watch specific things, then uh, another piece of advice I would give along the lines that you normally give is when you're trying to develop yourself as a player, something you always say is pick three things you can do yep. and do well. Yep. So when you're watching hockey, you can do the same thing. Pick one to three things that you're going to watch for. So all those examples you just gave, if you go to watch a hockey game and you say, okay, I'm going to watch for all these examples Coach Andy just gave. It's too many things. You yeah. can't keep up with it. Yeah. So pick one, two, three things that you're going to watch this game for and just focus on those three things so that your brain doesn't get scrambled eggs trying to follow everything because there's too many things to follow. Yeah. Right? Well, so, so you're just going back to what I said about scouting. Yep. It's like, yeah, like, like I, I gave a lot of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, you go, to, you go to scouting. You might go to a game and you just might get um, you might be just watching uh, the D on X team, right? And particularly one or two guys, so you can kind of watch, take the gas off the take the foot off the gas, and then when they come out, you can watch again. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 that just keeps it simple. You're still gonna get what you need out of that game. Yeah. But as a player, it's the same thing. It might be just okay. I'm gonna watch uh, all entries. How do they enter the puck? All game. Okay. Well, and there's a tendency there. Right. So, and then that's simplify my, to my second, yeah, you want to narrow the scope as much as you can, but to my second point was going to be just that you also don't have to watch just players. Like you're saying at the end, there can be system things you need to look out for, or the, or there can just be like entries, like you just said, that you watch out for. Yeah. Right. Could be another really good thing. Just watch back checks. Yeah. That's, that's a really good thing because without a puck, just watch, do they, take a guy to the net or they go to the middle like just little things like that especially if you don't know exactly who you play like because for some of these kids that are when you're 14 15 16 you might not know who you play like and and actually most kids don't because when they come in here and we say who do you think you play like most kids don't have a good answer right right? they don't know who they play like yeah so that's well and so this goes to that, that point though a lot of kids these days don't watch actual hockey games they watch highlights, so they'll see. That's right. Connor McDavid, McKinnon, yeah, Cam McCarr. That's right. Guys are on the highlights all the time, and they don't actually understand the game. They just see highlights. So yeah, and hockey's not highlights. No, the highlights are highlights. Yeah, <laughs> they're not yeah. the rest of the game, right? Yeah. So that's another point. So another thing you could look for too, and this was actually something that I remember you and Welly talking about um, last summer. You were saying, or he was talking about his approach to coaching. And he was talking about the idea of keeping everything within the dots, which obviously makes sense. But if there's a specific quality you're looking for to develop in yourself, so easy one, let's say you want to score more goals, for example, pay attention to where the goals are scored. Yeah. Where where are the pucks coming from? Yep. So if you're a forward, where do you get, where do most of the goals in the game come from? You know, so if they're all coming from the trapezoid area, everyone talks about the house, you know, from the crease out to the dots and up or whatever to the hash marks if that is where most of the goals are scored which they actually are that ends up being yeah. that little half moon area yep. from dot to dot in front yeah. of the net yeah it starts to as it goes out the when they do the shot trackers it just starts to trickle out a right. little bit yeah you can see that and funnels into actually the net. that's a good point too tracking where the shots come from yeah. because the shots are an indication of where yeah. the goals are going to come from yeah. but watch that yeah. so if you say wow i actually never get to that area on the ice yeah. Well, that's probably a good yeah. lesson to take if i'm never in the area where most goals are scored in hockey then that's i'm right. going to get less goals and if it's not goals, if it's something more complicated, where do most of the hits happen? Yeah. And if most, I don't, I'm just making this up. If yeah. most of the hits happen in the corners yeah. in the offensive zone, then you better get on your horse and meet, make sure you're forechecking. If yeah. you're a guy that likes to hit, yeah. 
and you're just like, man, I, I feel like uh, I'm always trying to go for the big hit open ice, but I don't really get yeah. five, six, seven hits a game. It's like, well, maybe you're not going into the corners to where the hits happen. Yeah. That's where the hits happen, you know? Yeah. So there's a lot of different pieces that you can, um, that you can look for. And this is why I wanted to answer this question on the podcast, because yeah. it's very, it's, it's very, it depends as I always said, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. it's very, depends on what kind of player you are, what you're looking for, yeah. what kind of role you play, all those types of things. Yeah. But hopefully that's helpful for, for the yeah. kid that asked the question, because that's, that was, again, it was something I, I actually did more than I would, I would say most kids, like I would watch with purpose, Yeah. but I probably would do the watch a one guy and just follow him around yeah. without really having a question I'm trying to answer. Yeah. So that would be my like leaving piece of advice. If, if, you, if there's a, have a question in your head that you're trying to answer when you watch instead of just surface watch or just follow a player around that's probably a better strategy for that hopefully that's helpful and then if you have a more specific way direction you want to go with that for well for the kid asking the question than anybody else if you have a way to specify further then we'll be able to give more specific advice on what you should look for in your circumstance etc you know yeah yeah okay etc etc so better rip um we were talking the other day i love this this is just gonna be such a good topic i like I'm fired up to talk about this. <laughs> it's good. So someone came into our office the other day and said there was a uh, game was getting out of hand. And this is in youth hockey. So I think the kids are 10, 9, 10, 10, 11. Yeah, 10, 11, yeah. And uh, it was getting chippy and there was a fight and his son went in and, you know, club, not club the guy, cross-checked the guy a couple of times. And it was like, should I fight him or should I not? And the dad said, what do you think? Yeah. Right? Is it appropriate? Is it appropriate? Yeah. Okay. So I can go into my answer. So it's it's a loaded question because my answer to in youth hockey is there is there a place for fighting in youth hockey? That was the question. And he goes, Oh, I know your kid. Like I go, No, 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 no. My kid was not allowed to fight my youth hockey. That was a, st- a hard and right no. up to to draft year. Right. Yeah. I said that if you fight, I'll be I'll be pissed. Uh, not because you got in a fight. Right. Because there's absolutely no need for it, in my opinion. Okay, now I know this. Some parents are going to say, "Yeah, but," and this, that, the other yeah. thing. I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Listen, let's just just listen to the full yeah, answer just, first. Just, just, yeah. just hang. I said, "My answer is um, there. There, there may be an extreme. Like, there's extremes in everything, right? Yeah. Um, and the extremes are the ones that people talk about, right? Right. So, like, if someone came across the ice, two-handed you across the head." started ripping your helmet off and started wailing away at you. Sure, son. Yeah. <laughs> do what you need to yeah. do. But for the most part, everything is controllable in, in youth hockey, period. So my my point to that is uh, there's there's no place for fighting. And I'm not, I'm not soft, guys. There's no place for fighting in youth hockey. Zero. Um Bottom line, you're getting kicked out and getting suspended. You have cages on. You, it's 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 not a thing in youth hockey. At higher levels, it's part of the game. It's the game within the game, and it's a five-minute penalty, and you know there's rules for fighting. But in, in youth hockey, you're not allowed to fight. In international hockey, you're not allowed to fight. You get kicked out. And and, and I could be wrong. I, I called a ref yesterday, an OHL ref that works for us, and uh, I said, what's the suspension for fighting in youth hockey? Well, you throw a punch and you get caught throwing a punch. It's a game, and I, even buckets on. Yep. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They can consider that fighting right away. Okay. And then, then they then the the league can determine 
how long of a suspension it is. And I've seen kids get in one fight and get five game suspension. It's a nothing fight. It's not worth it. Right, right, right. So, so there's a couple sides to this. Number one, from a parent perspective, right? When I said, Charlie, there is zero fighting in the game. He was fine with it. But, uh, from but my perspective was, first of all, I need you to control your emotions a little bit. There's other ways that you can do it. Number two, it's costing me a heck of a lot of money. And I'm not, I don't want. Yeah, that's true. Uh, no, no, it's, it's probably the more important yeah. is that uh, if it's costing me five grand and you take five game suspension or seven or whatever, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. That's not an accident. Yeah, my like dad I, used to say that to me too. Yeah, yeah, like a hit from behind. Took a day off work, man. Like, yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, a hit from behind, you can, uh, that could be an accident. You know, that, and yeah, yeah, that's, that could be an game, accident. Yeah. And, and even like, I mean, Charlie pitchforked this one guy one time. Is that better? No, I'm not saying it's better. But you have to do something. And and this is the argument. Well, why don't you just let them fight? Whatever. But he pitchforked a guy and he got a five-minute or a four-minute penalty, something like that. Uh, probably should have been suspended for life. <laughs> this yeah. is in his draft year. Um, is that better? No, but, but, and I'm not careful how I say it, but, but it's something that you can get away with. You know what I mean? No, that's an honest answer. Yeah. Man. So, yeah. like, if, if if you and I fight, the refs see it, the fans see it. Like, you can't say I didn't fight. No, you're fighting. Yeah. If you stick someone, cross check someone, or whatever, you I didn't, I didn't, or something. Not everyone sees it. You can get away with it. So yeah. you're not getting suspended. And you're and just to be clear, you're not telling people to go around sticking people because I know <laughs> someone's <laughs> <laughs> someone's gonna yell at me in the comments. That's yeah. well, that's I, I, if I'm gonna be so, honest, you no, do but, whatever but you is, need to do. Okay, but this is what it's about, man. It's about being honest, and yeah. it's way easier to do something a little bit chippy that's yeah. a little bit cheap. Yeah, and you'll get away with it, especially yeah. in minor hockey, rather yeah. than like one thing that used to happen to me. I remember is guys would come hit and they'd pop their knob out a little yeah. bit. I used to hit, do those. I used right, to back check like that. Oh, right in the ribs. Like, yeah, yeah. hurts, man. But you're not going to, there's no like serious danger necessarily. Like if something goes yeah. catastrophically wrong, you might yeah. crack a rib or something, but yeah, nothing that's like catastrophically dangerous. Yeah. And you're not going to get two, three, five games for yeah. fighting when it doesn't actually matter. It's not a real fight. No. This is the, that's the thing in minor hockey. You know, yeah. it's like if you're going to drop your gloves, by the time you try to get the cages off, the refs are hopping in. Now you dropped your gloves. Now you get two games anyways. Yeah. It's not even like it was a real fight. It's not worth and it. And normally it's about and nothing. And you might get a shot and then punch a guy in the nose or something. But and most of the time it's nothing though. Yeah. Like most of the time it's there was a scrum in front of the net and it's just a bunch of teenagers that are getting fired up. Yeah. And it's not like it was a, the extreme that you're talking about where a guy runs a guy and yeah. you're like, okay, like somebody needs to deal with this. That's yeah. a different situation. Yeah. But for the most part, I agree with what you're saying. Like it's just not, there's no yeah. point doing it and you're just going to get yourself kicked out of the game, suspended, whatever. Well, let's let's look at who does it. Yeah. Okay, this is this is a, probably another issue. So this is a uh, let's use our head. Okay, so youth hockey, a kid that snaps, like let's say you're ten years old and snaps and drops his gloves and starts fighting someone, that kid, not saying a hundred percent, but most of the times is lacks a lot of control. Oh yeah, like That's there's right. there, and in fact, I'm totally. not saying you're a bad person, but you probably have some issues outside of hockey. Yep, because it. 10 years old or eight years old, if you're, if you're wailing on someone, then that means you just have no control or you have a like a bad temper or uh, you need to get your way and you don't like it. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, and then as you get older, let's just say 13, 14 years around high school, most of the kids that do that are doing it, try to impress their girlfriend show because yeah, they're, la they're lacking something else. And that's probably the, t the talent and skill to be a good hockey player. Yep. 
most of the times. So those are the extremes. Like usually the guys that get in the scraps are the guys you don't really necessarily need on your team or they're, that they're trying to fight, right? Yeah. So that's that. And now the other side of it is, no, I want to go into that part after. So, um, yeah, so for mine, it's extreme. Like you, if you had to actually defend yourself, then that's one thing. Like to, Like you had to defend yourself. That's one thing. But to go out and get another scrap in youth hockey, it's it's pointless, and uh, shows zero control. And it's in my books, it's there's no. Go ahead. No, I was going to ask. Are you going to get into the the coach ref thing that you were talking about? Yeah, we're going to do that right yep. now. Okay, go ahead. So, here's the thing. This is where youth hockey has to get better, and it won't. It won't because we're dealing with like we're dealing with hundreds and hundreds or thousands of people, and we're dealing with emotions. And we're dealing with, uh, sometimes leaders aren't really smart, you know. It's a complex issue. It's a yeah. complex issue. But in th- in theory, this is what we need to do. We need to have, the, okay, the game of hockey is played and the, the, the rules are there's no fighting in hockey. Okay, good enough. So, as a, there's a couple people that can actually control the game. One is your, ref, your refs. So, anybody that's refing. And this is hard because kids start off and they don't really, maybe guys that never really played the game are refing and they don't have a grasp of how, how a flow of a game goes. So early in a game, if you see something cheap, because let's say like in this local area, it's Windsor, Sun County hate each other, right? Yep. So, and they, some of them go to school together and stuff, but it's a, when they play, it's a hatred. That's where being cool and getting a fight would be a good thing. That's right. Yeah. But the, 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 <laughs> The coaches can set the tone for that, right? Yeah. And this is going to be going into the next point I'm talking about is about what, what what's a how do you be a tough player then, right? How do you be a tough player is if you can't fight and stuff. Okay, there's there's a ton of ways, but it, the tone is set by number one the refs. So when the ref sees one cheap shot or the game is now three nothing with and it's it's only two minutes in the game or it's five nothing going into the third, seven nothing going into the third or whatever, you start seeing a little bit of aggression that's unnecessary we'll right. call it after the whistle stuff the the ref has the ability to stop that right there it's penalty penalty go to the go to the bench tell the kids no no, no change stuff or you're done it ends right now I'll be, i will be calling everything right tell the coach go to the other bench do the exact same thing and then then do it and then it doesn't get out of hand it can't right you just it just can't so that's that the other leader has to be the coaches on every team. And this is the rule I had every time I coached youth hockey. It's like zero fighting. Zero fighting. And the other rule I had was well, I had a couple, no chirping. And another one, if you're, unless your leg is uh, hanging off your, you know, off, uh, on a thread, you're not allowed to lay down. And one, a couple kids tried it and they said, well, I was trying to draw a penalty. I said, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. Get up and go to the bench. If they didn't get called, you didn't get called. I don't want you laying there. And, and, and acting like you're hurt because as a parent or a coach, like parents get concerned and it's just, you know what? It's not cool. That was, that was the rule of my dad said yeah. that too. Like yeah. there was some times where I actually couldn't get up yeah. and I knew that was the rule. So I was like, try to hobble to the Good. bench because I knew Good. my dad's going to be pissed if yep. I lay. Cause, and then I would go off. He'd be like, what happened? I'm like, dude, I couldn't breathe. He'd be yeah. like, man, it's okay. Like yeah. you could stay there and take a breath. Yeah. But the rule was yeah. get your ass off the ice, man. Yeah. Like don't lay there and make a scene when you're okay. 
Yeah. You better be out of the game. If you're 100%. laying down, you better be done. 100%. You know? Well, there's so many times guys have laid there. I know. And you get curfewed because you only have an <laughs> yeah, hour and a half ice and yeah, yeah, yeah. laid there for 15 minutes yeah. to get up and play the next day. Yeah. That's it's true. like if you're hurt, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But get up. Yeah. So anyways, I got off tangent. tangent but yeah. this is the coach. You set rules. You set precedence on your team. And these are the rules. So there's no fighting. And when the game starts to get a little bit under control, even though you, like, I know you get emotional. I know. I know. And you want to win. Yeah. And that kid hit this guy. You don't like that kid on the other team and all that kind of stuff. You're in control of your team and your bench and your players. And you give them a stern. Guys, one thing. You play tough. You play hard. But none of the, none of the bullshit. None. Mm-hmm. Zero. Well, and as a side note to this, too. It's, this is why it's super important to actually stick to your word. And we were talking to we were talking about some OHL stuff, even with how coaches relay messages to their players, yeah. and how it's like for first year guys sometimes it's like it's just bullshit. Like what yeah. you just said, you're not even doing what you said. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And when you're a coach, or if you happen to be a ref listening to this, it's very important that you do what you say. So if you're a ref and you say there's nothing, I'm kicking you out. As soon as there's one thing, out. And then you can go to the bench that I told you. I yeah, said, I, you. I said, there's nothing. Yeah. If you're the coach, yeah. I don't care if it's your top player that scores all the goals and it's a one goal game. If he goes against what you said, yeah. he's got to be done. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the my, the results of minor hockey, it's not that consequential to anybody's life. Yeah. And you taking a kid out of the game might actually teach him a good lesson. And it's not going to ruin his life if you sit him for the rest of the game or whatever. No, it's you know? So you, you have to you have to stick to your rule your guns when you have rules as a coach, or if you're the ref and you're going to try to lay the law down, you have to stick to it, man. It's really yeah. important because that's how you get the respect yeah. to your kids because they'll know you're actually going to do what you said. Yeah. So this is how you keep, like you said, you keep control of your team, and you've already acknowledged there's some exceptions where something crazy happens and whatever. We're not talking about the extremes. We're talking about general hockey playing and minor hockey. Yeah. You have to actually stick to what you say you're going to do if you're the coach. It's yeah. very, very important because otherwise the kids aren't stupid, man. They see through bullshit. I remember being on the bench when I was a kid, even in minor hockey. Like with, I say it all the time. I look at my coach, but like, you do it. You don't even do what you say. Yeah. You know, and it's just no respect. Then you get no respect from your guys if if you just talk bullshit and don't actually enforce what you're saying. You know. So I just want to stick on that point for a sec. Yeah. No. So not all refs have the ability to control the game, and that's where it's hard. So that's why it's good if if coaches are actually educated and have the ability which it's not possible because yeah. some coaches are parents by the way yeah <laughs> or they don't have it or they just get emotionally involved and and, and and in the game within the game you can go nuts and you do things totally, totally you do things and you say things and you act in ways that you would never act mm-hmm. outside of the out of the rink yeah it's amazing yeah um so not all coaches can control the team either that's the the weird thing so who's left to control the game if if uh if the refs and yeah, the, the leaders and the organizations, aren't doing it. <laughs> like who's left? Well, no, but this is most important. It should start. It has to start at home. Yeah. Right. So like the talk that I have my kid, I'm not, I'm not the perfect dad, by the way, but you know, you can obviously tell that I've had conversations with my son and there's things that you're just not allowed to do kid. You're, you know, so at home, these talks have to be uh, done. Now, having said that, this is the most difficult group to actually get this message to, right? Because parents are parents. I I can't can't tell you how many times in youth hockey, like, okay, here's here's a little, the smallest example of where people go nuts. Like, how is your kid going to be controlled 
when you're sitting beside this, right? I, I can go on forever here, right? So we are, Charlie is in, in uh, uh, Major Bantam or, yeah, Major Bantam. So at the home rink where Charlie's team played, the Windsor Junior Spitfires, we sat in a corner, my wife and I, because no one usually sat there. And we've done this game after game for a couple of years. No one really bothered us. So one game where a, a visiting team comes in and they sat right beside us. No big deal. Like, like actually it's not no an issue. Yeah. Like, okay, how are you doing? Yeah. Just setting the tone for the story. But it's yeah. like, they, they look, they look at you like they're weaned on a dill pickle. <laughs> right. It's like, what, what? Like, what do we do? Hi. Hi. How are you doing? How's your kid? Like, you know, yeah. How was your trip up? And it was just like, so the game starts going and, and they're yelling and screaming. And then let's say our team scored or something like that. And my wife being a mom is like, you know, cheering a little bit. And this lady yells at her and goes, why don't you go sit in your team side? So I, so my wife wanted to say something. And that's like, who's, side, who, who, what? How, hey, we sit here every day. Yeah. Who are you going to say, like, which side where we're supposed to sit on? Yeah. And then she would just yap, 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 yap. And so anyways, there's that. There's parents go absolutely nuts. Like, if I can't even tell you how many times I've heard a parent yelling at a 10, 12, 14-year-old game, yelling, kill that kid. Yeah. You know, kill that kid. Yeah. You idiot. You idiot. <laughs> you dummy. You, you know, I you told goon. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, Come on, man. <laughs> and, and saying things that like you don't say that. So if that's what's happening, yeah. How does a kid have a chance? Well, and, and zero chance, man. Yeah, well, sorry to cut you off, but it's okay because I don't I have like it. I don't have kids, so I'm no, I don't have a good perspective on this. But I was at a game last weekend. These were the, it was the U15s. Yeah, and. But just watching the parent behavior. So this one, so my point of bringing this up is I'm not, I don't have kids, so I don't know what it's like to watch your kid get rocked or getting beaked all game or guys going after him all game or whatever. But I just two quick examples from that game alone where right down the rail standing a couple people down for me, kid got hit and it was a fine hit. Like it was fine. And the guy, because it was his kid that got hit, yep. he's yelling, that's a headshot. Like, yeah. where's the call? Everything's bro? wrong with Everything's that wrong every, with time. That every, every time. time. So, every time. Or, so it's against your kid yeah. or your team. If they get hit hard or even dirty, whatever, mm-hmm. everything's bad about that. That's right. And then you're going to say the reverse. That's right. Yeah. And so then there was another kid, and he's actually a really good player, and he just gets mauled and beaked and whacked all game, whatever. And they're the, the parents, the dad in particular, watching – I was just paying attention in the last period just to the parent behavior. And you can see him. He gets all fired up. He's just like, hey, like, where's the call? Like, what, going nuts? Yeah. Because this kid takes a beating all game. Yeah. And it's like, he's got to take the beating, man. Like, yeah. just stay calm. It's okay. Yeah. Like, there's nothing yeah. you can do from here, yeah. you know? But to your point, if you go home, and I don't know what that conversation is with kid and dad or kid and mom, where it's like, well, that kid's a goon and he's skating around being an idiot and somebody should crack him one and like all this kind of crap. That's a lot of them. And it's like, it's like, okay, then you can't expect games to stay in control. That's and right. this is how things get out of hand, like yeah. you're saying, right? Well, so the opposite, what I was going to say about that hit, when your team or your son gets hit hard or something happens where it's not in their favor, it's the worst thing in the world. Parents go nuts, smacking the glass, yelling at the coach, yelling at the ref, pointing fingers. I'm going to kill you. Wait in the parking lot. I'm going to rip your head off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down your neck. <laughs> like everyone's so tough, right? Yeah. And then the opposite's true is that if that same team or that same kid just – 
annihilate somebody in youth hockey. It's like they're cheering and kid could be laying there with broken ribs and mom and dad are cheering and yeah. like, oh, you don't cheer. You don't cheer. It's just the game. I know. Well, it's I, just the game. Another story, another side story. cheering for a penalty. Like, yeah. Like, it's yeah. like, no, it's not a play. It's a penalty. Yeah. You don't cheer for a penalty. Act like an adult. <laughs> like that's, well, that's, yeah. well, so it was a funny, just a little side story. It's funny dynamic. So in that same game, at, in the third period where I was standing, one of the dads from one team came to talk because I trained his kid. Yeah. So he, I had him on the left. Yeah. And then another dad came to talk from the other team and I had him on the right. Yeah. And so they stood and we were watching for a couple minutes and it was fine. But you could see every time something happened to one side versus the other side, one of the dads would be like, get a little fired up. And then they would kind of like, look at me like there was one play in particular yeah. it was a hit or a, yeah. something and he was like oh like come on like just made some comment and then he looked at me he's like was that he's like was that not not good and i was like it was all right like it wasn't that bad right <laughs> yeah but you can just see the parents they get fired up yeah, and it's but yeah. like to, again back to your trying to maybe get us back on task here <laughs> no it's, it's okay we're good we're good yeah yeah you're saying you're saying about uh starts at home like your the parents you gotta yeah. get your kid under control but you have to be under control in order to in order to do that right yeah i'll tell you as a parent though there's one thing that I always, and I still have fear for my for my son. And, and it's when, like now that he's in the OHL, it's like in a fight. Right. I want, I want him yeah. to be safe. I like. My mom used okay, to say so that this too. Is, here's, here's a, here's to answer your question. Okay. You said like, I don't know what it's like to be a parent. Well, I've taught my son from an early age. Okay. These are a couple things that when he plays hockey, I said like anything can happen at any time. So your head has to be up. You have to be aware and you have to be, keep yourself safe. So I told him at no matter what, if you have the puck, the heads up, if you move the puck, it's never looking at it and stick down. You move the puck or when any time that you, you're not right involved in the play, because anything could happen. It could happen in warm up. Your stick is up, arms are up. Like, so if you take, remove hockey, if you get in a, if someone comes out to you in a bar or on the streets and wants to fight, if your hands are down, you're going to get clocked if that's going to happen. Yeah. You can't defend yourself. So your best position would be to stand like this or to stand like this. So yeah. that if something happened, you're in a defensive mode or you can attack back. Yeah. Sorry. Does that make sense? Yeah. I want to cut you off again. One thing I just heard yesterday, police officers. Yeah. If you ever see them when they're talking with yeah. someone, their hands are always yep. like this. Yep. So they got their elbows at their you're sides. Right. Yeah. And they got their hands up yep. right here. They're always grabbing their vest right here. 100%. So they're blocking their sides yeah. if something comes from the side. And they're ready. They got their hands right by their face if something happens. You know, right. it's just to your point. So, yeah. So 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 Charlie laid a guy out, out this year. And, and people were saying it was a late hit. It wasn't a late hit. Guy moved the puck. And, and he dropped his hands. And Charlie was there. And he ran him over. A diesel train. Got in a fight after. And it's like, th that that's your fault. That's your fault. And I, I would say the same to Charlie. I've always said that. So that was one of my first rules is and not rule but i taught him at all times you move ready. the puck you're skating up the ice like even in warm-up you don't skate around like this because you can bump in your own guy someone in the nhl just got ko'd from that so you're always here so that you can protect yourself always so ironically enough uh it was a couple games ago against owen sound and uh he was carrying the puck and he got he got hit while he got while he was carrying the puck and got him off balance so he fell as he was getting up to go get a puck again he was like half up and another guy came to kind of run him maybe we got around him good but charlie got up and his stick was up so it protected him right i've told him also like different ways to go into boards to retrieve pucks you're either really tight really fast or you're going into those boards that you have to read it a little bit and put yourself in a less vulnerable position 
So you have to put the brakes and use your body and stuff like that. So anyways, that's that. So to answer your question, what is it like as a, a parent watching that is my fear, because there's some, for lack of a better term, there's some dumb kids. Just and, and not even maybe intentionally um, vicious, but they're dumb. They get caught in the moment. They caught in the moment, shit, yeah. and or they just can't read anything. And my biggest fear was him going for a puck, you know, five six feet from the boards, and someone running him from behind him. You know, yeah. that, like it scared me well, several times. That happened to me. That's this me. gash, right? I had. Right. I went. I was a winger. Puck got rimmed. Right. So I'm three feet from the boards. I'm yeah. going to get it, and some guy yeah. came behind. Yeah. Gave me the whack. My visor slung up. Yeah. Cracked myself yeah. right just above the eye. Just blood yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Like brutal. Yeah. And my parents used to say the same thing. My mom actually, you know, my mom, nicest yeah. lady ever. Yeah. She said when I would get into a fight, she was like, I don't know what would happen to me. But she was like, I would just be like aggressive. Like I want in the moment yeah, of watching yeah. the fight, like yeah. I just want you to kill the other kid yeah. so that he doesn't touch you kind yeah. of thing, right? Yeah. So, so, but, but then the other side of, of it was, cause my son's very physical. I'm like, I don't want you hurting anyone either. Like, and I explained to him, like you, you, you know, several times, even today, even today, I'll talk to him. Like, like when one guy in the OHL recently got a 15 gamer for, you know, the icing or whatever. And he gave a guy a shot and I, I sent it to him right away. I said, you're aware of this. Eh? I don't want him hurting someone, not even accidentally. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. those are so dangerous. So like, at least, at least I've done that part right. and help him be aware. And I know his coaches do. And, and then he's not a dummy. Right. Uh, the next piece is, is that when you're watching your son. So for me, it might've been a little bit different because I, I gave my son the basics and then within the game, maybe because I played and coached is like, I never got emotional about guys trying to run him and stuff. Cause I knew he could take care of himself. And I know, and, and honestly it was just part of the game. So if someone wants, and he got hit a couple of times very hard and I would just sit there and go, Oh, we got we took one there. You get better. You know, you're, you're learning. Yeah. I never, I, I never really got, um, I, I wouldn't get upset with a kid for playing hard against my son. That's okay. Cause my son's playing hard against you. So it's fine. Yep. He's had games where, you know, series where guys were trying to take him out and that's not the right word, but trying to play him really, really, really hard. Yes. And maybe specific attention, a little bit of liberties here and there and yep. stuff. And it's, and, and, you know, when people would say something like they're all over my goal, well, that's what you get when you're, you, 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 heat, what man. do you, what do you expect? Like you can't suck and blow at the same time, <laughs> right? Can't do it. You can't, you can't be a really good player and expect everybody to just let you be a good player. That's what comes with the territory, right? Yeah. So that's part of it. And, you know, I used to play with welts all over me. You know, my mom used to cry. <laughs> she was like, you, you can't even walk. I go, no, it's, I like it. Mm -hmm. I like it, but that's part of that competitive nature. And that's actually part of what we're going to be talking about for the rest of the podcast. It's just what, what is, what is actually tough. Yeah. So anyways, for parents, yeah, it's hard to control, but you got to remove yourself. The kids are playing, they're playing and then you, you do the best you can teach and then try to rein in the emotions. And then, and then, then let's be honest about this at the end of the day, even though most people don't really understand it is most likely your son or your family or you as the player are not hitting high, high levels. So you're you keep it intact. Yep. Use hockey for what it is. Learn, play hard, compete, all that stuff. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then the la last part I'll throw on that before we go on is the if you're the kid now, because we talked about the refs, coaches, parents, whatever. If you're the kid too, like, and some kids just got to screw loose and there's nothing yep. you can do. But like you said, for your advice to Charlie, like kids take the advice for yourself. 
you know, have, you have to have a brain, as we always say, keep yourself ready, keep yourself prepared for whatever can happen and keep things in perspective when you're on the ice. Like, are you going to go get in a fight? Like, are you actually going to go get in a fight? Do you know how to fight? Do you know what that, what that even means? You know how to do that. And so when you start to answer some of these questions, it makes, makes more sense to walk away from it until it's appropriate when you get to higher levels and there's a place for it in the game where it's, it's, it's understood that that's something that can happen, you know, otherwise when you're a kid, it's just, it's stupid and pointless because you just take yourself out of the game and there's no, no real reason for it. Cause normally the circumstances that come up are not that big of a deal and yeah. not worth the fight anyways. Yeah. So I just keep that intact. So yeah. going on to the next thing, mm-hmm. this, this question sparked the idea now of what it actually means to be tough. Yeah. So, so let me just interrupt you for one yeah. second. So if you're playing hockey, if you go to a bar and a guy says, let's scrap, fighting is not necessarily your smart move. <laughs> That's right. You don't have to. Right. So he can call you all the names that guys that don't fight are. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Uh, you're, it's probably worth not fighting. So in a hockey game, if you if, if a guy wants to fight and he calls you all the names that guys that don't fight or aren't willing to fight are called, uh, it's just words, man. It's You're not not tough. Yeah, and you you're have not to, not tough. You have to identify when it's like there was. So there's a guy I played with. Just another side note. He ended up getting called up to play with the Spits yeah, as as a fighter. Yeah, and you know what happened? Nobody fought him. Yeah, because it's you're not relevant to this game you're unless you fight. That's so right. why would I fight you yeah. if you're the fighter guy that's just going around looking for fights? If I just don't fight you, then you're not relevant in this game at all because you're not actually good enough to play. You're just here to fight. Yeah. So that kind of thing too you got to judge and again we're not saying especially at higher levels we're not saying don't fight like you should be able to fight you should be able to handle yourself but for fighting just to fight or because you think it's cool or whatever the reason is it's not the game you know it's not the game it's not the game so i wanted to i wanted to talk about the tough thing briefly before you go into it yeah so toughness what what it means it's a lot like when we were talking about leadership like define tough yeah. Like, how do you define leader? Like, it's hard to define, yeah. right? The only way you can really talk about what it means is by using examples of yeah. what it what it means, you know. And a lot of people, their their impulse um, thinking about the word tough is fighting, is being able to fight. Yeah. And as you get to higher levels, you start to realize who the actual tough guys are. Yeah. And who's just a fighter. You know, and who's a pretender? That's yeah, and who's a pretender too, definitely. But a lot of times I don't I don't necessarily throw the word tough like toughness doesn't necessarily mean you can pound anybody that you fight. You it know, it doesn't mean that at it all. It doesn't mean that. There's a lot more to it than that. Yes. And like I said, if all you can do is fight and that's how you're tough, then you're actually irrelevant to hockey. Yeah. We don't nobody needs you. And no. you can see in, in hockey in today's game, no team has like a fighter. Pure fighter. A pure fighter. Just There's fight. guys that can fight, yeah. but they play tough. And fight a lot. Right? So it's like, if the example that comes to mind for me is like Ryan Reeves. Yeah. He'll pound the piss out of you, but he plays hard, man. He goes, he finishes hits, he digs Great in the corner. He does He does way more than just God, yeah. the old Ty Domi style. Yeah. Can't really play, well, but just okay, fights, right? So you just right? mentioned the name Ty Domi. Yeah. I, I, I was funny. I was going to throw this in the podcast, but then I'm like, ah. Because and, and it goes along with what you're saying. Because I know that some people, you know, the guys that come on our thing and they say, eh, yeah, you're wrong about this. You're wrong about yeah, this. Yeah, okay, yeah. Here's, here's the thing. Again, they're going to argue about this, by the way. Most people think that tough guys can't play. I played against Ty Domi in junior. He could play hockey. 
he was on the ice and he would he would hit and hit and hit and he was so effective and he would get points and he would fight. I played against a lot of really, really tough guys. If you go take tough guys in the NHL, Matt Martin, who was one of our guys in the Islanders, a lot of people say, well, he's just, he's just a fighter. No, no, no. They're, they're, they're so good. Okay, so, so, so sorry, pause then. So Ty Domi, who's an example of a guy that was just fighting? Because like I, another, uh, one that, another one that came to mind to me was, was Bob Prober, but he could play. 30 goals yeah, in the NHL. Right? All-star so like, game. Yeah, so yeah, he, no, he was no. actually good. So he's there's, like, so if Ty Domi's not a good example, who would be like a... Because I can't even think because it was all before there's me. Not, there's not a lot. Like maybe Dave Schultz that played for the Philadelphia Flyers in 76. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, really. Yeah. Or yeah. they bring up a, just a, a meathead. Yeah. Playing in the American League, but listen, listen. If you play in the OHL and you get like regular shift, you you're probably you're you're better than what. If someone says he's not a good player, it's either because he's like a really like an outstanding NHL player, saying yeah, the guy's no good, mm-hmm. or he's a guy that doesn't understand hockey that never got past midget. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what enough. I mean? Well, yeah. So I threw yeah. a, I threw a Ty so, Domi without really thinking about Ty it. Ty Domi is really good. But Frank, let's say Frank Bialowis that played, uh, brought up to Toronto and a couple times and stuff like that. Like he was there to fight. Yeah. But he could still play. Yeah, he could still play, play the American yeah, yeah. League. And, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. Well, that's what guys were giving me heat about when I was talking about Lucic. Like they were talking about Lucic like he's no good. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about, man? If you came here right now. I know you can't even like, you can't wow. even think of a name from the past two decades of a no. guy that just that couldn't play and only fought. No, I can't. Re- I can't. I don't no, know. no, 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 no. But they're, anyhow, they're so, good. I know them, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're Any, good. But anyways, so so yes. to the toughness piece, it's yeah. not it's not just the fighting thing. So y- you can go now. Toughness to me, well, no, I, I, this is gonna take a while. Yeah, yeah, toughness good. is is if you're looking at just fighting, then you're that's only one aspect of it. It's like. It's like, how do you make chili, right? You, you need beef, you need tomatoes, you need this, that, and the other thing. Okay, there's your chili. Though. Can you make it any other way? Yeah. Well, how, well, there's probably, well, there's limitless ways that you can make chili, right? So what's tough? Is it a fighter? Uh, well, that's part of it. Is it a guy that hits? Well, that's part of it. Okay, is it a guy that sticks people? Well, that's part of it. Well, there's also mentally tough. There's emotional tough. There's toughness is a complete, a complete person, like no, that's not the right word, but it encompasses a lot more than just right. physically tough. That's right. Because physically tough, there's an element of you that has to be mentally tough or a screw loose, um, and emotionally tough. Because to to get into a hockey fight, let's say, is there's a thought, like you either snap and go, right on a dime, you just do it. But there's still that it's still you you've had the fight or flight feeling. Oh, and that yeah. it'll fool you, because if you if you think about that fight or flight, you'll 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 flight. You'll get out of here, because it's the same feeling of, it's just adrenaline, but it could it can pull you back, or it can push you forward. So, anyways, there's more to it than just being physically tough. So, so what does it mean to be a tough hockey player? Now, I'm going to be when I do this, I always think that there's there's someone. Or a whole, like, let's say half the people watching are like nonviolent, nice people. And then I think I, I, I should probably put a little bit of velvet on the sledgehammer so that I don't offend people. And then I, I'm also conscious of that there's there's younger players that are playing youth hockey and I don't want to send the ra- wrong message. So it's like, okay, I put the velvet on the sledgehammer again. 
And then the real side of me is I want to tell the like this is how it is. So I'm going to go more along that side because if you're offended by this, then whatever. Yeah. Hockey is a tough game. It's tough. If you're not tough mentally, physically, emotionally, and there might be other ones, and have some type of a, like tough, yeah, I guess physically, having a pain tolerance. If you don't have that, you, you're not ever going to be a hockey player. You just visit, you, you just can't do it. There's a lot of ways that you're going to be tough, but hockey is hard. Hockey's tough. Hockey is, there's nothing easy about it when it's real. It's it's hard, man. So like, you need to be in tip top shape. Just to do that, you have to be tough because you got to get up and 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 do it every day. That's just a toughness to do, just and persistence to do that every single day. So everything about it, you have an element of toughness. So you could say, well, Johnny Goudreau is not a tough guy. Go, yeah, he is because he's a small guy, smaller than everybody. He doesn't go out and fight, but he's battling in corners. He's not the biggest guy, but he has to get in shape and he's mentally. And emotionally strong. They so can handle it. So yeah. I'm just saying that so that if anybody, so I so I don't get the message that you don't need, you know, the tougher you are, the better in every way. Yeah. It's never worse to be tougher. Yeah. The tougher you are, yeah. the better. Like if you're thin, your skin is thick like a rhinoceros's, better than not. You know what I mean? I don't mean that physically. I mean, so that nothing penetrates your emotions. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So the tougher you are, the better. So... Tough doesn't mean goon. Like, I'm going to tell, tell you what tough isn't. Tough does not mean goon, like you said. It, that, that's not what a tough guy is. Okay, that's tough to only a certain degree. It's it's tough but not valuable, except for, like, in maybe a small, small piece of the game. Um, you still have to be able to play the game to be effective. So that's that. Uh, there's There's pretend tough, and pretend tough, I see this more than, more than not. Is uh, you know I've got guys that that play that they're they're you would think that they're going to be tough guys. Yeah, seriously. And they, and tell me straight out. Tell me straight out. Well, I'm I'm not even strong and I, I'm scared. Like I'll get shit pumped. It's like, but you don't walk around and uh, you know that's how insecure they are. They 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 give this persona like yeah yeah I'm I'm a big tough kid, but they're actually scared shitless and they won't do it. So that's the, the pretend tough, right? And I'm not talking about just the fighting piece, but that's part. But so if, if they say that, then their mental makeup is not right. Right. True mm -hmm. that. Yeah. True that. True that. <laughs> um, so that's pretend tough. Pretend tough players play hard. Sometimes they play hard when it's, they're physically superior to someone. They play hard when they're, when they're against weaker players or weaker teams, then they're all ready to go. When the, when the, when it's a real hockey game, when they can match, that's what we talked about Mike Tyson. Mike, I was just going to say that. Right? Mike Tyson. It's like he won most of his fights because he was just a superior athlete, bigger, stronger, and better. Until he met someone his match, he never fought. And I, who am I to tell anybody that Mike Tyson's not a good fighter? But he, well, he didn't have that fight. Right? When, when it's a true battle. When it's a true when battle. Everything's equal right. and it's just a battle of wills now. That's right. That's an actual that's fight. Right. Yeah. That's right. So that's, so that's pretending, right? Playing hard when... It's weaker players, but once you get a real competition, you're, you you find a way to hide, or you just don't compete. Um, you back down. It's kind of the same thing, but you back down to players that are bigger or better. So it's 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 always funny, and you'll see this a lot of times. Guys that when they they, they go after the smaller guy or the guy that they think can't defend themselves as well or take care of it, and they 
get picked on a little. They try to pick on those guys a little bit. And it's like they go up against someone that's bigger, stronger, and they back off. They're not as aggressive. So that's you can see the pretend there all day. Um, and or, or So let's take away the physical aspect of it. It's like if you're playing, uh, let's just use the NHL right now. The best team is probably Tampa Bay. Okay, so and then the worst team in the NHL right now is Arizona. Let's say that, okay? So if you're a player that feasts on Arizona and Philadelphia and Montreal right now, those are your best games. But when you play Tampa, Florida, and New York Rangers, you, you, in Carolina, you're nowhere to be found. You're one of those players that, you know, you're not a real competitor. Right, you got you got to show up to the games that count, the games that are real. And I, I, Arizona is not I'm not saying they're shit, <laughs> but in the NHL, you know what I mean. When you when you when you when you only want to play against the easy games, right? You get your two three goals there and all that stuff. Um, pretending is the guys that don't take on the stressful situations well. Okay, so like you get into games where, uh, so this is more of a mental tough thing, right? So you get into playoff series or big games or you know uh tight games extremely hard games and you just you you get overwhelmed by the the situation that's that's not tough that means you're just, you're mental you're mentally weak now um you pick and choose when to compete that's kind of what i said before love the easy games um another another side of it is that you don't take um criticism from your coach or coaching mm. well that's right? a good one. So, if, so what does that have to do with toughness? Well, if the coach gives it to you because you, ha- you had a bad play, and if you buckle and you can't play anymore, that's a mental weakness, right? So that's another the, another side of it. Um, you get mentally frustrated, right, when things don't go your way or overwhelmed again. Um, uh, you whine and you bitch and moan when things don't go your way. Now, the last thing. I want to say before we move on to a, a little bit more is from the physical side, there's a big difference between dirt being dirty and being tough. Oh yeah. Big difference. And a lot of the times you see little chicken shit guys be the dirty ones and then run away. And then, like, so what do you do in a situation like that? Right. It's, it's kind of got to eat shit a little bit. Like you can beat the piss out of them if you want to like at the higher levels, but don't get confused of what is tough and what's dirty. Right. You know, yep. so going around and running someone from behind or punching someone in the face and hiding behind the ref, that's not tough. Right. That's, that's pretending. Yeah. So okay. Go ahead. You jump in. Yeah. Now. yeah. I'm going to, here's just a couple terms that encompass toughness for me. This is what I would say just from the examples you gave again. So ability to compete mm-hmm. and that's whether you're in a, a big game or a meaningless game. And this was something that I think my coach used to think about me, which I didn't like. And I didn't get along with my last coach in junior is I think he thought that about me, that when the games were big, I wasn't as effective. Really? Yeah, which was weird because I was always like a pretty good performer, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. I normally like turned it on pretty good in the playoffs, but I digress. Sometimes we, there's a personality conflict. Yeah, yeah, that's, it, was more, it, it was more of that, but I think he thought that about me. That was the vibe that I got from him, which it's not a good thing to have. You don't want people yeah. to think that you don't compete when it's a, a tough game. So that's one. Uh, doing the hard things is another one. So this is like shot blocks, hits, stuff like that. Like one of the toughest guys I ever played with, my buddy that climbs trees that I told yeah. you about. Yeah. One of the toughest guys I've ever played with. And he was 5'8", 5'9", yeah. maybe 5'10", who knows. He wasn't a, he wasn't a big guy. Obviously. And he was about one, probably 170. And 
just peel to the bone. And one of those guys where you hit him and you feel like you broke your ribs when you yep. hit him. He would always engage first on the hits, which was it was just made it brutal to play against. Somebody played hard in the corners. He played hard, would eat shots, would lay guys out, never fought. I don't think I ever saw him fight once. You know, so that's an, that's another hard, doing, hard guy to play against. Yeah, like Patrice Bergeron. Would you say he's not tough because he doesn't ever fight? No, he's, he's nails, man. Yep. He's nails. So that's that's another one. Um, basically, the the mental side of it, I'm calling that resiliency. So whether that's you get frustrated during the game, your coach yelled at you, whatever mental thing you want to throw in there, that just resiliency, being able to bounce back, that's another element of being tough. Obviously, there's the physical element, which is able to fight, able to hit. And that, that bit of guys don't want to go against you in the corner because they know it's going to be a battle. Um, played with a few guys that were like that. Actually, one guy that sticks out in my head, he's a fifth-round pick to Sarnia that I played against. And uh, he was one of those guys where it wasn't like he wouldn't come blow you up. Yeah. But it's just he would just out-battle you all over the ice, hard on his stick. Like, couldn't get him off the puck, like that kind of guy. So there's a bit of that. And then another element of toughness, toughness, which you didn't directly mention, was just uh, being disciplined, like being able well, to follow. Tough. Yeah, like being able yeah. to follow, being able to follow what you're supposed to be doing, even when you don't want to. And that goes for at the rank and off the ice too. Like being yeah. able to keep yourself in order away yeah. from the ice, whether it's with training or recovery or nutrition or whatever. Yeah. That's an element of toughness too. Just a guy that, and and everyone respects that guy. The guy that's just dialed in, and you just no matter where he is, he just has that that presence about him that he's got all his shit together in a line like that's that's a, a great a great thing to have and that's another another element of being tough then to your last point about the tough versus dirty thing because i remember this was a something i didn't really i didn't think about too much when i played but there were guys that i would play with that i would be a little bit scared of because they were dirty not because they were tough played against or what? that i played against okay. So there'd be guys on certain teams where I know if I go in the corner with this guy, I'm not scared of him hitting me. Anything goes. I'm scared of him putting his thumb in my eye or whacking me on the back of the knee yeah. or stepping on my laces yeah. or this kind of shit. Yeah. And those guys, it was never this, it wasn't respect that those guys got. Yeah. It was like, I don't want to go near you because you're a lunatic. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. you shouldn't be on this ice. Like you shouldn't be out here. But, but it's different if that person's dirty, but tough and play that, that's right yeah, yeah like you get a, just a like a, a, a dumb i can't use the f word yeah <laughs> <laughs> close though yeah yeah you you play against a dummy that's just yeah you're just playing against a dummy well and those are those are the kind the guys that I, are, I appreciate a guy you never like it no but this one makes a guy tough like if you go and hit a guy and he gives you an elbow in the chops at the same time but he's playing hard and he's you're not backing down yeah. when you play against them. I can handle that. Right. That's just part of the and deal. And that's different. That's, that's different, part of the right? deal. But if you're just the little rat that runs around yeah. and you're trying to cross-check guys in the pat or in the back of the lower back, just above the pants, yeah. or you're always looking for that little cheap yeah. thing and then you float away and you don't, you shy away yeah. in the corners, you don't want to engage yeah. ever, you won't fight ever, yeah. this kind of guy, yeah. then it's not, the, it's not the same respect in terms of the toughness department yeah. with the guys like that. You know, so just that, that was a good point to, to end on with that. I wanted to highlight that yeah. one again. I remember playing several guys, but one guy in particular uh, played for the London Knights when, when I played junior and he was about six, three. He looked like a, he like, he looked like actually very, very similar to Corey Perry and similar player. Oh yeah. And if you went in a corner with him, he had elbows. You were getting an elbow. And it wasn't, I don't even know if he did it on purpose. It was just like a pain. So this is a toughness thing. 
a pain in the ass to play against yep. because he was good. Wasn't great. No, no, no. He was good. He was actually drafted Pittsburgh. He was good, but it was like he wasn't like a guy that yeah. When you play against, he looks sloppy. If you know what I mean. Yep, I know exactly. But what you, you go mean. every time you go into a, a battle with him, it was like you you'd have You're a bloody, bloody lip or you, yeah. ah, every single time. And so for me, it was like okay, you're going back because you've done this four times, five times, three games, twenty six times or whatever. It's like. The toughest part is keep going back, anyways. It's not about having to fight them, but it's also about never just staying your ground. Yeah. Because the day that you say, "Well, I'm not going in there because I don't feel like an elbow in the chops," you're not tough. Yeah. Well, and this is the to your when you brought up the pain tolerance thing earlier. Yeah. It's like you have to be able to take the hits. You have to be able to take the cheap shots. You have to be able to block the shot off the ankle, yeah. even though it sucks. Yeah. And again, this is something for me. Like I'm, I, I am not sitting here saying I did all this stuff when we're talking in the podcast, I vividly remember the first time I flamingoed a shot in junior. Yeah, but I don't want you to think that that's um, a bad thing. No, no. It's a natural thing. This is why I'm bringing you, this you up. You learn that. You learn it, right? Yeah. I'm not, and I'm not, this is why I, I just want it to be clear. Like yeah. I don't, because I, I don't like when I'm talking, I know I can come across like I know everything and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And I want to make it very clear that that's yeah. not how I, I just get excited when we talk about stuff. Yeah. But I, it's not like I was doing all this when I was in junior. I vividly remember 16, playing junior, and yeah. I flamingoed going out to the point. Yeah. Flamingo meaning yeah, I lifted one my one leg up because I didn't actually want to block the yeah. shot. You know, Or you go in there. Yeah, pretend with yeah. your stick leading and leaning yeah. away. Like I remember doing that. Yeah. All, I did all that. I remember. Yeah. And it's Well, and, and that's – listen, man. Remember Dave Schultz talking about – he, like he was considered one of the toughest guys ever to play in the NHL. And that's because he went to the broad street bullies and it was just fight, fight, fight. It was a tactic. And he said that he never got in a fight before. So do you think the first fight he got into, he was like, yeah, let's just go. No, he questioned it. Anybody, he did well when he kind of got into it. Everyone has to learn. And if anyone, I'm telling you, man, any, there's guys that were scared and made a decision that they didn't want to make because they were scared. If they, and, and, and it hurts. Like the times that I have done that, I'm like, I wish I didn't have, wouldn't have done that. I wish I would have just piss pumped that guy or take my lick in there. Yeah. I should have, should have never backed down or, you know, or there's times when I was 16 playing against 20, 21 year old guys in the OHL. And it's like, ah, that corner's like, we'll do a soft chip there. Everyone does it once in a while. Yep. But it's it's learning to get over that and saying, okay, I can't do that again. That doesn't get me anywhere. That's right. That's the important part. When that's the important and part. And this is why I'm bringing this up. The point yeah. of this is that because when you're when you're a kid, you don't know any of this stuff. Like, So I was talking to a kid that I was in here yesterday. It was just him and I working out in his group yesterday. And uh, he was talking to me about blocking shots. And he's a big boy, big, tall kid, like yeah. plays hard. He's, the guys that talk about him say he's got a little bit of snap to him or whatever. He was telling me he's in, so he's in his draft year. He's like, I love blocking shots. That's awesome. And I, I said to him, I was like, no one ever even told me I should when I was in draft year. Yeah, that's a goal. Yeah, I didn't even know that that was an important part. So the fact that you already think yeah. that and you want to go out there and eat one, yeah. and you're not scared of taking it off the ankle or taking it in the ribs or whatever, I didn't start to do that until later in junior and then in university when I had my role changed and how I was playing the game, and then it was like. All I thought about when I played in junior was just playing hard. Just be hard to play against, get in front of the shots, whatever. But that was that was until I was 20. 
20 yeah, plus. You don't understand you know? that part. So my, the reason that I'm saying that, how I didn't, I, it's not like I was doing this all the time, is you have to face the fear. And that's part yeah. of developing yeah. yourself as a player. So when yeah. you're, if you're listening to this and you never go block a shot or you get scared of going into the corner with a guy or whatever thing you're missing in the list we just yeah. said, it's going to be scary to go yeah. and face that. Like yeah. you're, it's going to be hard to do and hard to overcome. Yeah. And you just have to go and do it. And yeah. guess what? You might actually get hurt. You might actually oh, take a God, slap yeah. shot off the ankle and it might crack your ankle bone. It, it might happen. Blocking shots hurt like it, hell. It hurts, man. Those hurts. little cross checks across the upper arm. Yeah. Hurt like, like getting to the front hell. of the net and knowing you're going to take a beating yeah. and just taking it. Like yeah. these are things that you have to just face yeah. and develop as part of your yeah. game because you're so much more valuable than the guy that tries to play skill and fades off to the yeah. corner when shit gets hard. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a it's going to be a constant battle to yeah. to, to c- overcome that that internal that stomach feeling yeah. of I know I'm going to take a, a lick yeah. in here and I have to just go do it. Yeah. And that's part of hockey. Like you're, it's a tough game. Like yeah. you said, you have to go and try to push through those things and develop that part. And then once you start doing it, you realize it's okay. Like the yeah. pain it hurts in the moment for a second, but then it's okay. Yeah. And you can go do it again and yeah. you're going to get a bruise on your tricep and you're going to get a yeah. bruise on the back of the shin or, or whatever. And it know? may not go away all year. No. So going along that, like learning it. Okay. Um, so like when people say that they're tough, they say it's, it's the, when you play youth hockey, it's one thing to be a tough player there, like physically tough. It's, it's one thing to, to do that. But when you go to the next levels, it's a whole different ball game because yeah, so I was telling this to Charlie when he was getting drafted because he's like, he's a tough kid. <laughs> he's a tough kid. I said, yeah, just don't think you're too tough. Like you're going to have to learn oh, something. That's, a, that's important. Yeah, yeah. Don't think you're too tough because I can't explain to you, son, how, how different it is when you take the shield off and you're wearing a visor only and you're a big kid, bigger, bigger kid for your age, but you're going to be playing guys four and five years older than you that are bigger than you that are just they're basically men yeah, a little bit of grizzle yeah. and they've been doing this job you're like doing playing this role for four or five years so there's there's and they got a full mustache and they they, they forgot to shave that's why you know full beard that day you know like there's guys in the league it's hilarious you see them they warm up and they're clean shaved and they come out third period and they got they look like yeah. grizzly adams like <laughs> uh, johnny duckalock <laughs> Call me talk a lot. Sorry. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they think they're, they're men. So it's like, so just the, the, the appearance of it can scare the shit out of you. Yep. So going against these guys over and over is, is, uh, is a decision. And I think I've said this before, but I remember my first year, it was a month for one month straight. I had to make a decision. We, I'd be fired up to go play. And I remember our first game at home was against the Windsor Spitfires. And the, I, I go, I was looking, I'm going, what the heck? Like, how could there be a six foot seven, like a six, six, his name was Sean Whalen. My first face off in the OHL, he was six, seven, 19 years old. I'm 16. He was drafted to, I forgot. And face off there. And I go, okay. The D, Glenn Featherstone, six, three, Mark Kozowski, six, three, uh, Paul Maurice, six, three. And it just went on and on these big, huge D. You're sitting there going, like, it's not like I, I'm tough. Look at me. I'm 5'10". Yeah, that's right. 16. So, yeah. you know, you, you're playing hard. And after a whistle, you know, there's a scrummy right in the head, right? And you're like, okay, that didn't happen in youth hockey, right? But then you're going down the ice. So this is the, the big thing is I have the puck. Like, I'm a skilled, very skilled player. 
right? And they close gaps real good. So I remember in slow motion, I can just, I can picture exactly, I can probably tell you what fans are there. I'm going on my weak side wing against Glenn Featherstone and I'm coming in with speed and he's closing the gap. And I said to myself, do you want to do this? So I did a soft chip and I went full tilt and he just, he hit me, but I slid through, got the puck, finished my shift. And I went, okay, I did that. And I had to do that for almost one month. Are you going to do this? We go play. Remember our second home game was against Guelph and there was this guy, Tom Nicolau. I'm like, you can't, you're allowed to be that big. (laughs) Full stash, you know, bad haircut, you know, schnoz out to here. Right. Yeah. And it's like, what the hell? You got yeah. guys that look like uh, they did a hundred meter dash in, in an eighty meter gym. Yeah. <laughs> They've got been a, like it's intimidating. So my son saw that. He goes, "Dad, it's, I gotta every day. I gotta like in the beginning. He goes, that guy's he's nuts. I yeah. go, ah, he's nuts for now. You'll get it. So yeah. you learn. You learn. That's the point. Well, to, to the to the point of the danger of thinking you're too tough. Yeah. Because a lot of guys will go th- will go through this too. You start to swing from the not tough at all to a little bit too confident. Yeah. And my fa- my favorite story about myself of just talk about getting a humble pie. Yeah. <laughs> I had when I started playing junior, I had a a couple fights my first in camps first, and then into my first year, I had a few fights, and I did really well with my fights. Yeah. So I thought I was like super tough, yeah. and I didn't fight anyone tough, yeah. but I thought I was tough. Yeah, yeah. So I remember sixteen, there was a some kind of scrum or whatever, and I gave a guy a cheap shot, and I remember he's a big six three D, same things squirrel on the back of his neck hair mustache big head like this next game again the shot and his eye just popped out like so just so dirt stupid dirty idiot and i thought i was fine i was like yeah come you want a piece like for sure so the next game he called me out and absolutely tuned me he head right off your shoulders like if i didn't have my helmet on he would have broke my face for sure he punched me 48 times i didn't i don't think (laughs) i don't think i threw a punch yeah I could barely hang on, yeah. and this guy just had those big, yeah. wide, wide hands, yeah. knuckles. Turkeys. Oh man, and just was feeding me, and yeah. I was just holding on for dear life. Yeah. And so I remember, I got kicked out of that game, and I remember on the sitting at the glass watching the rest of the game, and I was just thinking exactly that: if I didn't have my helmet on, that guy would have probably broke my orbital bone. Yeah. And there was my okay. How about we relax and keep in perspective what it actually, what being tough is. Yeah. And this is when I started to, what we're talking about, develop some of these characteristics of what toughness actually is. Yeah. Because if you go in there with too much confidence, there's always somebody bigger, always somebody tougher, always somebody that's going to feed you feed you one. And especially for me, it's like, I'm not the biggest guy ever. And there's Dude, a difference like... It'll shock you who's going to beat the piss out of you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It'll shock you. Yeah. Guys, you don't think, man. You fight a... You fight a or you go in a corner. I don't have to say fight. You can go in a corner with somebody, right? And he's a five foot eight shredded you know looks like he's he's put together with uh, with steel right and he puts his body into and lays you out or he comes up he does grab you with his short little arms and pulls you in and knocks you one on the chin yeah and he's strong yeah, you can, can bench feel, press 300 pounds yeah. he's controlling you, you five eight bench it. press yeah. 300 pounds and he's <laughs> controlling you go oh no yeah. oh no yeah, that's right man. those are even scarier yeah yeah so i want to finish on yeah, uh good like three aspects of toughness because I want to I want the kids to understand and parents to understand because you can always work through, through this together. There's physical, mental, and emotional. And I think, you know, I'm, I was confused. Me and Eric, well, would have a good talk about emotional toughness. And I'm like, yeah, I like that a lot. Okay, so the physical toughness is like you're going to just battle over and 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 over. 
you're going to tolerate pain. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to do the things that, uh, um, you just, you battle, you battle. And that's, there's a, there's a mental toughness that comes with that, but you you battle. Who I like to think of like a real good example is when people think of tough, you think big mustache, whatever. Why, why a mustache? Always a mustache. I, well, the just, mustache is just, just alpha. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually the guy I'm going to say, it does have a mustache by ironically, <laughs> but, uh, you just think like hairy, like it doesn't have to be yeah, hairy. Big like, chisel like, jaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the guy that I really think is, is super tough, super tough is Brendan Gallagher from Montreal. I think he's five, nine, five, eight. No, I can fight. Keep he will fight. Yeah. He will, he will go into every battle, every scrum and he get his teeth knocked out. he'll, he'll block shots he does everything that you're supposed to do and he's a great hockey player right so what tells me that he's uh extremely tough and mentally tough and emotional tough to go with that is that he's five foot eight he had to you know he's not supposed to be a tough kid yeah five nine one eighty four five nine one eighty four that's little. that kid battles man yeah. well i i forget what he's making i think seven eight million ten million dollars a year unreal you know what else i think is really tough is Sidney Crosby and people go, Oh, he's a whiner. No, no, man. Yeah. This guy battles and battles and battles and you know, look look beyond fighting. And he's gotten a couple, but look beyond the, the, the fighting. He goes into corners, he hits, he takes a beating, he uh he, he he wins battles, he fights for every inch, but I think more importantly is like there's he he's playing against top dogs every night. He's under the microscope and there's pressure which is mental toughness. You don't feel the pressure, but it's coming from him all the time. He's, you're the best in the world and all this kind of shit. He is a, he is tough. And then I just wanted to say Mike Weber that I trained, like wasn't a, a, a fighting tough, but he ate shots, man. Block shots, oh. played that hard, hard game, worked his ass off. And where I'm going to say he was mentally tough is that he came from, he, he came from Pittsburgh. He didn't have a hockey family whatsoever. He just knew how he had to work, and he dialed his head, his brain in that he wanted to play in the NHL. You can never outwork this guy. There's no chance you're outworking him. It's just no, not going to happen. And he fought for everything he got in the NHL, and he coaches now. But there's a, a mental toughness that he had that, that he wouldn't be denied. So, so that's one. Um, Braden McNabb that plays in the NHL, no one really knows who he is. Maybe you do. But he, I checked yesterday. He's leading the league after... 50 some games with 137 block shots. Those are block shots from the National Hockey Leaguers. That means he's standing in front of pucks, man. That's tough. He's doing it over and over. That's a different type of tough than Victor Hedman shot. Victor yeah. Hedman shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like seriously, right? Or Shea Weber, right? Um, and then just on Charlie's team, Ashton Reeser. Did I, I mention him earlier? Yeah. Like, I've been really watching his game because. That's not the guy that stands out, except for that he's really, really big because he's, he's he's not carrying the puck down the ice and doing all kinds of stuff. But this, like Charlie talks about, he goes, "Dad, I love this guy." He goes, "Like, I love him." He goes, "He eats five, six shot, pucks a game, blocking shots off, and he just yeah, nothing to it. Huge man." And when you go near him, it's 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 contact all the time. It's not like he's blowing. He, he does. But it's not like he's open ice hitting and like like the real highlight type of hits. But it's just a constant. We're leaning on guys, just taking that big body and leaning and always leaning. there. It's just, yeah. You know, pucks out and 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 competes. You know, and there's something to it, and I, I absolutely love it. There's Benny McFarland on Charlie's team, oh, who's favorite five eight, five seven, uh, probably one eighty. Like he's pretty jacked. This guy competes, man. 
Hits He's not e- so- hits any anyone, everything, no matter what. Everyone and everything goes into the corners. Battle, 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 battle. And he's getting rewarded by getting some goals, right? And again, there's a good physical tough, mental tough. Because when you're when you're on the smaller end, you have to believe that you're not small, right? Yep. And then and then their captain, Braden Guy. It's like he's a he's an overager, and I just love his game because it's he plays, he does it all. Like he 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 will fight, and he doesn't have to, but he will because he knows that's what the team needs. He's a leader, so that's another strength right like the mental toughness to to have guys follow like he's a true leader like you just see it and he just plays a tough game finishes his hits battle 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 gets he got a couple goals in the last couple games by getting to the front of the net and he off his stick tips right it's 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 a beautiful thing to see so i really really appreciate guys that have that whole toughness it's not just about throwing throwing hands all the time right so do you have anything to add to that right nope. now? okay the next thing is uh, mentally tough I don't believe that you can be physically tough as a hockey player, like to go through the battle over and over, and to and everything that's involved in hockey to without being mentally tough. I, I don't think. Well, it's not possible. Okay, you can't just be a physically tough guy because there's too many emotions and stuff like that. What is what is menta- mentally tough mean? It means I have the ability to to stay in the moment. That's that's basically what it means. It means we said it a hundred times before. What happened behind two seconds ago, and what's going to happen two seconds from now is is not important. It's I can stay in the moment. I can get the task at hand. So th- you don't let anything else really penetrate your head. You have the ability to stay in the moment. Moment. The other thing I think mentally toughness means is that you have to be able to perform under pressure. So like I said earlier, if you're a player that plays against the guys that you know you can beat, or the easy games and the easy battles, and those are the ones that you like. But when when the pressure is on. And you're playing against guys that are, you know, that's that's the actual battle. Then, and you don't perform, then you can't perform under pressure. You're not mentally tough at all. You know, you're picking and choosing your battles. Um, I think a mentally tough person is willing to learn. You know what I mean? Like w- willing to take advice and willing to like to improve. Yeah, it's criticism. And that's very, very, very important in, in the game of hockey and and, and adjust. And then, um, I I think a mentally person also doesn't make things bigger than what they are. So that's where I think a lot of the times you think about it from a physical standpoint, if you're bigger than me, better than me and stuff, I, I can't make that a bigger challenge than what it mm-hmm. is. I just have to play you. I have to play you hard consistently like I would anybody else. So positive and negative too, right? Yeah, yeah, positive Either and negative. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's just you do your job, right? So you stay in the moment. And uh, so that's that's what I think mentally tough is. A lot of people think mentally tough is like the raw, raw motivational speech. Motivational stuff. That's not what it is. It's very, very simple stuff. Stay in the moment perform under pressure and, and, um, and, you know, face fears and all that kind of stuff. Um, the one that I find very interesting on a toughness uh, standpoint is emotional toughness. And Eric and I, Eric Wellwood and I were talking about it at like for hours and I actually called him yesterday, but he didn't get back to me. So whatever, Eric. Thanks, Eric. Yeah. Thanks, Wally. Because I wanted to get his input on this because he has a really interesting perspective on it. And, um, I think it might even be more important than mental toughness. You know what I mean? Maybe you don't know what I mean. Frustration. Do you get frustrated? Like what gets you frustrated? Right? So those are, those are emotions. Like if you can keep your frustrations, I, I mean, if you go back to mental toughness, you can say, well, if you stay in the moment, you shouldn't get frustrated. That's true. But that's like, that's one thing I thought of getting too high or too low. Uh, how you respond when you hear 
coach or fans or something like that uh, pressed? Like, like, does that get you down? Does that take you off your game? Does that give you not a, a take away a night's sleep from you? Are you emotionally drained and you're thinking like, what did I do wrong? Or I hope the coach doesn't hate me. Like, there's a it's it's a different thing. Um, and you got to be able to keep your cool. Like, you know, if someone says something or does something to you, or the game's getting away, like you're not slamming your stick and mm-hmm. letting your emotions get the best of you. you know? Yeah, well, I feel I feel like the I feel like emotional toughness is still under the umbrella of mental toughness. But one hundred percent. But but I think I think it's worth its own yeah. discussion, it's right? Because it's it's so it's not just. It's not just when you, you know, the, the things you pointed out with mental toughness, like being able to stay in the moment and, and not thinking too much of the past, not thinking too much of the future and that kind of stuff. That's just generally true, but there's a lot more to it when you start to bring in emotions, yeah. right? So it's easy to say, like when you're sitting on a pillow at home meditating, it's a lot easier to stay in the moment and whatever. But when yeah. there's a lot of different yep. stimulus being thrown at you, yeah. it's worth its own discussion with, because it all it comes down to mentally, how can you handle things? That's what yeah. emotional toughness, it still is a branch of that. But when you have certain certain things happening in the game, whether it's someone hurts your feelings or someone's breaking your spirit or whatever the situation is because of you what's happening scratched. in the game, you get scratched. Your Why coach, him and not me? Yeah, your like, coach says one yeah, thing but are, means another. That's like, the emotions. Now those, you're hurting me. And that, that's 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 takes a different set of skills yes. than just yes. saying mental toughness, stay in the moment. Yeah. You know, it's it's it brings a whole other slew yeah. of elements. Like, how do you handle yeah. that? And it, yeah. for me... For me, the the emotional toughness piece. Before, I'll let you get back to it in a second. But the emotional toughness piece is, again, it comes down to your ability to to separate out how you said the tone from the message kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And you have to be able to separate that out. And and one way that um from a the power of now, which is one book that I read, and another one was listening to Jordan Peterson talk about it. Is one strategy for this is being able to separate yourself where you can observe the things that are. Yeah, happening de- to you yeah detaching is, and so so there's the you that hears what's happening yeah and then there's the you that's kind of just silently yeah. it's judging a great tool, man. yeah that's silently judging so it's like which part of it is you and some people phrase it as the ego yeah and and whatever so Id. yeah the id yeah the the ego part of you that yeah. just is taking things and you feel have that impulsive emotional response yeah you got to have that the wise owl in the back that's just yeah. kind of objectively watching yeah. and saying, okay, this is important from that piece, yeah. but we'll get rid of that emotion. Yeah. This um, this is the important message from this piece, but we'll get rid of that emotion. Yeah. And being able to keep yourself level and having good perspective on things, that is where the emotional piece comes in because yeah. there's going to be like super, super highs, super, super lows, frustration, yeah. hatred, anger, all those things yeah. are going to happen through the game and they can totally derail you if yeah. you're not able to deal with those different emotions that happen, yeah. you know? Oh, it's so huge. Like, like, the easiest ones for me to pick up because there's so many, but it's like, if you got scratched from the game, like that can sit with you. That can really sit with you. And you could say, well, maybe, maybe, maybe the coach doesn't like me. Maybe I, but I, I thought I played good. Right. So emotionally you could be like drained. And then if you let that linger, then you're, you're, it won't be any good. Or you could take it the opposite way and think you had a great game where someone tells you how great you are and you and you actually start believing your emotions and uh you're 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 thinking you're something you're not which not is not necessarily bad all the time but when you come down that's that's the thing you want to be even keeled like emotions are like the dressing room stuff it's how people treat you it's like why like why does that guy keep getting a chance and i don't or someone's not 
you're put, you, someone is not getting uh, a chance and you love it. Yeah. And, 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 and you, and you, and you, and you, you, you want to get everything for yourself for sure. But it's like when you feed off of that or you, you, you actually want to put the guy down or whatever. It's like, those are things that you, you need to get rid of. Right? Yeah. And the, the problem, the reason that it's an issue is it's very energy intensive to be very emotional and it's extremely stressful especially with negative emotions, right? Positive emotions, the stress aspect isn't so much. It still takes a lot of energy, but the the ne- negative emotion stuff where you're in a, like a mental conflict, it's very, very, very stressful. And it can actually start to take away from your physically from what's going on, right? Yeah. You can actually, like you're, if you're oh, yeah. super stressed, like your health markers will yeah. go out of whack for yeah. sure for, for a period of time. Yeah. So if you're one of those people that gets wrapped up in, in little things that, aren't necessarily important or maybe you don't fully understand it like your coach scratching you there's a good example of something you just don't understand you don't know why they're doing what they're doing because they got 25 27 guys that they're that they're dealing with that's something that it can hang on you and it can get it can get heavy and it can start to spiral and have that that feedback loop where it just gets worse and worse because you're letting yourself be wrapped up in it and you can't do that separation to move on yeah. you know and that's what that's why it can be so difficult because it's so so stressful to deal with when yeah. it's something that you let take hold of you and you can't get rid of it you know what i mean yeah and i think one of the best examples and this is what i'm going to leave it on when we talk about working out is working out like when you make a decision when you when you say okay i'm going to be a fit person i'm going to work out every day or five days a week all right if you if you're making an emotional decision, then when you wake up on Monday morning, the night before you went to bed with emotions like, yeah, I can't wait. I'm going to work out. I'm going to feel good. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. I'm going to get jacked this week. Awesome. And then you get up on Monday morning and you just, yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't really feel like it. But yeah, You don't feel like it as an emotion, but that your emotion doesn't have to influence, have any yeah. influence on whether you work out or not anyways. No factor. It's a no factor. So if you get rid of that emotion that you don't feel like it and you just do it anyways, then you're in control of your emotions because your emotions will take you up and it'll take you down and it'll it'll derail you so fast because, you know, it's even eating, right? I, I don't feel like having a salad and chicken tonight. You know, I'd rather have whatever. Yeah, I, don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know what people eat, so yeah, yeah. eat whatever it is. But th- those are emotional things. It's eating again. Is like when we're when, when when we're feeling sad or we're feeling there's certain emotions that will trigger eating or drinking or doing habits that maybe aren't good for you. Yeah. So if you can understand your emotions and like you say, you detach yourself, you'd be in a lot better control of your life as a hockey player and in, as a human being. Yeah, for sure. So for sure. That's that's all I really got. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So we'll we'll leave it at that. If anybody has any follow up questions on that, write us in and uh we'll see you guys next week or talk to you next week. Or yeah. I'm not really gonna see anyone. But when we do this, we don't see them because no. the camera's coming this yeah, way. Yeah, that's right. But if we're reverse. Yeah. We'll we'll uh we, we're gonna talk. Yeah, you guys will see us next week. Yeah. <laughs> Have a pat. But, well, yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. See you guys. <laughs>